I believe we have one final witness that um, Mr. Buckley will be addressing. <laughs> He'll be right up. Hello, Kenesha. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am well. Can I ask you to please state your full name for the record, spelling your first and last name for the record. My name is Ksenia Yusenko. Uh, first name spelled K-S-E-N-I-A. Last name U-S-E-N-K-O. And do you promise to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth today? Yes, I do. <clears throat> now you have been uh, in the, basically a nurse for 15 years. Yes, yes, I've been a nurse for 15 years. And you worked on a rehabilitation unit? Yes. Now, when we started introducing the vaccines, I think that was in January 2021, did you see any changes in the rehabilitation unit? Um, not right away, but a little bit later, I started seeing some trends in patient population and their conditions. They were somewhat if you look back on when they got the vaccine, their vaccines, um, it seemed that it was pretty recent for some of the patients. And what were some of the changes that you were seeing? Um, I have seen some families, actually one family who within, I believe it was three to four weeks after their second vaccination, um, both of them were septic. And I know it could be coincidental. Um, the major one that I've noticed was thrombocytopenia, which is low platelet count on the majority of patients that have been vaccinated that I've seen. Right. So just so I understand. So when you say a lot of patients, how many patients would you, are we talking about? So normally we would have four to five patients during the day shift and mm -hmm. about six patients, six to seven, depending on how many staff members are present in the evening and at night it would be Eight. Right, but I, I guess I'm trying to find out when you're talking about a low platelet count, yeah. how many patients are we talking about? Altogether? Yes. Um, I have not counted, but I think majority of my patients that I had during that period, their they platelets were low. And for people who had surgeries, could be related to that, but a lot of them were significantly lower than what I've normally seen. Okay, and, and when you say a low platelet count, that's a low white blood cell count? Yes, that's responsible for coagulation, one of the cells. Now, you came across um, an unusual uh, blood clot in a couple of patients. Can you tell us about that? Um, well, this was significant for me because I've never seen that before. Um, out of five patients that I had, two of them had blood clots. One, one person had blood clot in her arm, the other person in his foot, and none of them had, normally you would see it, well, it's a rare appearance even in surgical patients, but both of those patients did not have any surgeries prior, so they were more medical patients. Okay, and were you aware of their vaccination status? Both of them were recently vaccinated. Okay, and you had never seen that before? 
No, the only time I've seen somebody get in the clot spontaneously, well, somewhat spontaneously, uh, is a person who was a smoker and was on birth control at the same time. And I've only seen it once. Now, um, you made a decision about vaccination. Mm-hmm. And what was that decision? Um, I wanted to wait and see. And then after seeing all of this health concerns, I decided not to get it. Now, were you treated differently at the hospital? If I would bring up what I'm seeing with my eyes, uh, and the conversation would go on, some of my colleagues would just leave the conversation. They didn't want to hear it. They'd literally leave the conversation? Sometimes, yes. Okay. Um, <clears throat> did, you, um, did you have to do any different testing, or were there any other requirements for you to continue working? Yes, I had to do the antigen test once a week. And I can't remember exactly when I started. I want to say it was September 2021 um, until, I got, uh, until I was terminated. Okay. And that termination, when did that happen? On uh, November 3rd, 2021. Okay. Now, be, before that, did you have to go through some mandatory education on vaccination? Um, we had an online sort of video with information to make an informed decision about vaccines for ourselves. And this was for all the healthcare professionals who were either not um, showing their status of vaccination or people who already showed their status. And, and I actually brought a picture of it. And on one of the slides, it stated that it's 100% effective at preventing hospitalization and death from COVID-19. So just, and, wait, just wait a second. That, yeah. I, I, I want that to sink in for people. So you're telling us, and this is the hospital requiring you to go through an education program. Yes. And the object is to help you make a decision on whether or not you want to get vaccinated. Yes. And one of the slides, and you brought a picture, um, says that the vaccine is 100% protective, basically preventing death and hospitalization. Yes, that's what it states. And, and you can leave that with us so that we can enter it as part of the record today? Sure. Okay, thank you. So, and, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I just found that so important. So, um, <clears throat> did you also have to sign something when you were taking that course? At the end of it, I had to sign, um, it's kind of like a declaration of your vaccine status. So to show that even though you got the information, maybe you changed your mind to go and get the vaccine. Or if you didn't change your mind, you just declared that you, at this point you still declined it. Now, did the hospital also uh, communicate to you by way of email uh, concerning whether or not you should be vaccinated? There was multiple emails, and I'm not sure if it went to everybody who worked in the hospital or just targeting the people who have not specified their status. But I received multiple emails from Occupational Health, uh, Director of Occupational Health in the hospital, um, asking to show what your status is. I just, most of the time, I just didn't reply. Now, 
You've already told us you were terminated, but can you tell us basically how that came about? Like, so how, how did they go about doing this? Well, there was emails, you know, stating that if you don't declare your status or if you decline the vaccine or unless you have an exemption, um, you would have to, you would be terminated. So there's been multiple emails warning you about it. And I just couldn't believe that it's actually possible that they actually are going to go this far to do it. Um, in my heart, it just I just thought... It can be can be possible. There's number one. We don't know enough about this products. What I'm seeing, there's from what I observed, there's clearly problems. Um, I also couldn't believe that knowing what biomedical ethics state about informed consent that this would be a decision maker for your employment, um, and it's to this day, it still haunts me, thinking mm -hmm. that, that they actually went ahead and did it. Now, when they terminated you, what were the reasons that they gave for your termination? The reasons for termination was, um, there was three, um, but the one that really kind of put into perspective of who I was as a nurse, the word disobedience. I'm sorry? The word disobedience that's stated on my termination letter. Right. Did they also indicate something about whether or not it was professional misconduct? Yes, they put that there as well. Okay, so I, so I just want to understand. So here you had um, worked actually for that employer for 14 years, am I correct? Yes. And all, the only issue is, is you chose not to take a vaccine? Correct. And on your termination letter, they called you disobedient? Correct. And they stated explicitly that you were guilty of professional misconduct? Yeah, that's correct. So taking whether or not you take a, a medical treatment is now an issue of professional misconduct for nurses? And uh, it appears so, yeah. Okay, how did this make you feel? And I, I, I'm sorry that... Uh, I feel, and I stated that on my termination meeting, I feel dehumanized. Uh, you know, I immigrated to Canada for a better life. And... And I wanted to help people, and I still do, with all my heart. And to have somebody tell me that I'm just disappearing because I refuse something that is still under research. And at the time, when I received this education, I actually had a patient who was had two vaccines, went to ICU for COVID-19, and was recovering after being in ICU and had different multitude of different problems in his health and he would probably never be the same and he was fully vaccinated so to say that it's 100% effective I just couldn't believe it I see I saw it with my eyes that it's not true now you had 
You were telling us about some changes that happened after vaccination. And, um, would, would it be fair to say that you were having concerns that there were ad adverse reactions um, occurring that were showing up at the hospital? I, in my opinion, yes. And um, <clears throat> did the hospital know how to report adverse vaccine effects? Well, I made sure that on that floor we had those forms. Uh, at the time I was a safety rep. And, but during my meeting of termination, I asked them how come there was no education on those forms, on adverse event following immunization forms. And I had to repeat that question three times because the, the panel that was terminating me um, did not, they didn't know what I was talking about. So they, did, they weren't even aware that there was a form to report adverse vaccine effects. Correct. And who was on that panel? Like what were their qualifications or positions? Uh, one person was uh, human, re human resources. The second person was my manager who was an occupational therapist. And the third person was um, union representative. Now, having had this experience, so seeing things at the hospital and and um, having to go through this course and be getting emails and, and being treated differently, how did, and then being fired, what was the effect on you of these actions? It still affected me, as you can see. Um, it breaks my heart that it's possible in in any country. Uh, it affected my relationships, even with some family members. It's just sad. It's heartbreaking to know that this is possible in the, such a developed country and, and for a product that we still don't know enough about. If, um, if this ever happened again, what, what do you think we should do differently? I think we should do what we did with flu. We opened extra units, we had extra staff, and we you know, tested people and made sure that they got the help they needed with all the, all the resources that are available. And I don't, you know, maybe take more precautions around more vulnerable people who are susceptible to this particular illness. I don't know, I, there's, there's many things that could have been prevented. And hearing all the people speaking here today, and, and I've been watching the ones you did in Merry times and you know all this harm and suffering would have been avoided well maybe not all but at least some so yeah no well, Kanisha I don't have any further questions for you I'll ask if the commissioners do
and, and they do. I just wanted a, a little clarification on a point. When you said they terminated you and they put on your termination notice, uh, professional misconduct was one of the items? Yeah. Did the nursing association not approach you and ask you anything not about yet. that? Sorry? Not yet. You expect them to? We'll see. Time will show. Thank you. Thank you, Kanisha. We don't have any further questions, but on behalf of the National Citizens Inquiry, I'd like to sincerely thank you for coming to testify. And if you can leave me that, um, that document you have where you basically have a photo of them claiming that the vaccine was 100% effective in preventing deaths and hospitalizations, we'd, we'd like to make that part of our record. Yep. Thank, thank you. you. And thank you all for doing what you're doing.